This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. If anybody wants to share anything, by all means, we'll open up the floor. Your energy inside of us. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, speaking to people the past couple of days, I noticed that. It's like really cool. I'm curious, is there like a source for that? That like when some big calamity happens in Kali as well, we actually like spiritually feel that sar, not like in a deep level. Is there some, is like a real source for that? Because it's like what you just said, we don't need, it's like, it's like an interesting thing that like, I never felt that, but this time I'm feeling that like, oh, like, I know. Like, okay. Like it's so pleasant. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, like, like I, I know. Like, it's like know. so simple. And I don't usually feel like, like even COVID, I felt like I needed a this right. For some reason, like, just like a slap. It's like, whoa. like yeah. I, And like, I feel it. It's like a weird feeling. Yeah. I'm, I'm not as well versed as I probably should be to tell you like where the Maimar Chazal is that tells you this, but I, I think that, you know, everything that happens in the world, everything that happens in the world happens because of Yisrael, right? That's the Gemara in Bracha says that, right? Everything that happens in the world. There's no different, but like, it's not like some, you know, I don't know if you even know, but there was like a very large earthquake in Afghanistan right over the last few days. And I think that that would be our chizak, meaning like that would be something that you would need chizak for. Somebody would say to you, by the way, there was an earthquake in Afghanistan, right? Make sure you remember, right? Like Hashem controls the world. And like you see in a minute, right? Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about that because that's almost like too far from home. This is so acute and so real that I think it's just so pasha. Like you're saying, it's just so pasha. Like the feeling is there. The energy is there. And I just think that like a nuclear energy, like it could be misused. It could bring somebody into depression. It could bring somebody into anxiety. And I think it's just important to just keep ourselves up a little bit. I think that that's, that's the Aveda. I think it's to keep our head above water and make sure that we're treading water and that we're able to surf this wave in the right direction and do the right thing. I don't know what the Makara this is. No, I don't know what the Makara is. But I think that it's a, if you're feeling it, and everybody's feeling it, then there's probably some truth to it. Someone said that they want to help hands-on. Yeah, I feel like my prayers and donations aren't enough. I feel guilty living my day-to-day life through all these atrocities. Mm-hmm. There doesn't really seem to be any opportunities for me to help. How can I deal with my crippling guilt and anger and tremendous passion? I don't, I don't know where to channel it. Yeah, that's true. It's it's true. I. I, I think that a lot of people want to like hands-on contribute and do something. If you read some of the reports, they're saying like people are very misgiving, like they're giving a lot of the wrong things, a lot of things that are being sent over they absolutely cannot use or they don't need or they don't want or they're unsafe, right? And they were saying like people are are driven altruistically and it's just it's just such a waste because they're using up valuable time, resources, money, energy, and space for things that they can't do anything with. So I think that apart, I'll just speak from a global picture. I think that our our jobs as again as thinking people is to think with our minds and and act with our hearts. But if it's if if it's just the pull, then it's not going to get us where we need to get to. 
So what can somebody do on a physical level? I'm sure there's a lot of things I don't know, but I'm sure there are a lot of things that can be contributed. I'm sure there's a lot of things that the army and civilians do need. I'm sure there's tons. We focus on like the epicenter of the story, but there's such a wider net here from different communities and people. I mean, it's just massive what's going on. Even, you know, the North of Israel, they keep saying, okay, this community has to leave. This community has to leave. You're talking about very, very large amounts of people that need real assistance. So I don't know the answer, but there's a million verified funds that can use your resources and your time and your money. I do think that aside for that, for the direct action of people doing things, like anger, I don't know. I don't know if anger is, I don't know, you disagree with me, but I don't know if anger has like much of a place. What is your anger going to drive you to do? I think that our emotions are, are, are drivers. Our emotions cause motion. And you have to make sure you're not just running into a wall. I think that that's the key. If if somebody has anger, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, like don't 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 act on 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 anger. Act on compassion. Act on grief. Act on sadness. Act on love. Obviously, straw right. Channel it. Be in control of those emotions. So the sentiment is for sure shared by I think everybody there's no question in the world i just think that the person not the person every person has to make sure that whatever we're acting is productive and that it doesn't hurt us our families the ones around us just because we have an emotional charge i think it's especially people who have children so careful but i i will say again you could disagree with me i think it's important i think i remember when 9 11 happened so i'm a little older than some of you Maybe not all of you, but I'm, I'm a little older than some of you. I remember when 9-11 happened. I watched it from my yeshiva. I watched the buildings fall because I was on Ocean Parkway. I literally watched the buildings fall. And I remember right away after it happened, not that day, a couple of days later, my father turned to me and said, let's go. We're going to Lower Manhattan. I was like, Lower Manhattan is a closed zone. You can't go there right now. He's like, we're going. And we ended up in Lower Manhattan. My father took me to the rubble, which was still smoking. And he said, look with your eyes. You should see this. This will be seared in your mind for all time. You lived through 9-11. You saw it with your eyes. Don't see it on the news. I want you to see this with your eyes so that it's seared into your brain to understand that like this is what the world stood for, money and power. And now you know what? Now, so that's what I'm saying. I don't think that somebody should see the videos now that are going around. They're horrific, horrific things. And people should not be buried under that. They should not be buried under that. 100% I agree with that sentiment a million percent. But I'm saying if somebody's talking to you, talk, talk, talk to your children, talk to each other. I think it's okay to say to your kids, let's say, sit, let's sit down and say a capital to him. Let's understand what it means for people to be displaced. Let's understand when there's, when there's something bad that happens in the world, what do we do now? That, that's, that's, I think, a healthy thing, right? When, when a child sees an ambulance pull up to the neighbor's house and a child runs and grabs the home and says a capital to him, those parents are amazing parents. When they're screaming at the kid, why is it that you're not taking out a hill now? That's not the child's fault. That's already the chanach. You understand? That's being, your, your child is not prepared. Your child is not prepared to, the only thing your kid knows is to look out the window and just look at the lights that are going like this in the front, in the front of the car. Because they, they weren't prepared. They didn't understand how to channel their emotion. They didn't understand the neighbors having something wrong. You don't want to say, what happened? Who was it? That's not what you do. It's not appropriate. You pull out a Tehillim and you go, hey, my neighbor's going through something. I hope they're okay. Maybe you call up and you say, if you need anything, I'm here for you. 
This is channeling our emotions. This is emotional development. We need it for ourselves. We need it for, for our, our children, for the people who will rely on us, whether they have students, 100%. I don't think there's something wrong not exposing them Halila, to like this things, these things adults shouldn't see. They're, they're horrible, horrific things. But things that children are exposed to, your kids, every kid is exposed to this. Everybody's talking about this. So what do they do with that? They should know. We sit down, we say, this is real. I made a Kabbalah for this. That's a, that should be the, the words that come out of a child's mouth. It only happens if there's a real conversation. It doesn't happen if you just try to shelter them and they don't have any capacity to deal with any sort of adversity in their life. But I do think it's important. Yeah, one second. Go ahead. If you could like help me understand this, but one of the first things that I thought of and I felt when I heard about this and saw everything that was going on was we just went through a period in the Eretz Yisrael. There was so much like divisiveness and so yeah. much like like Sina going on and to all of a sudden to this happening. And I was saying there has to be a connection. There has to be like something. Right. Right. We're going from one day to the one thing to the next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no question in the world that if you look in Chazal, they talk about how in some of the worst generations, if you look through Shaiftim, in some of the worst generations, spiritually, when they had Achdas, they were protected. And some of the best generations, spiritually, when they did not have Achdas and they were separated, that was when there were breaches. Like in, in, in each other, that was when there was breaches in the walls of protection around Kalisho, for sure. I, I will say, I think it's very important to say, and again, this is something that I was told many times as a child, is that we don't try to play God. We don't try to figure out why things happen. We don't try to say, oh, if they would have only done this, then this would have. No, that's not how it works. We don't say it's because it's Sneez and because of Lashonar. That's just not our way. We don't do that. We don't play God. Hashem has his cheshbainas. We do our best. If somebody wants to work on anything that they think may have needed chizuk in the world, by all means, go ahead and do that. All right? Reb Zilberstein said, everybody should work on Shmir Shabbos. But we keep Shabbos. No, every person, this is what he said, every person person should take out a safer and learn two halachas of Shabbos every Shabbos. That will be a shmirah for you and your family. This year, especially, he said, we need it because Rosh Hashanah came out on Shabbos. There was no Tukiyah Shafer. So Shabbos is the shmirah. Two halachas of Shabbos every Shabbos. How hard is that to do? Very, very simple thing to do, right? That's something that I think every person, that should be the catalyst to do. I don't disagree with you. And I think the world, by the way, has recognized that what you're saying is true. Amazingly, that Eretz Yisrael, the people in Eretz Yisrael were more divided now than they ever were. And in a split second, unity government, we're all hands, kumbaya, let's sing songs, and they're running off the war altogether. But you want to know something? That's the beauty of a Jew. Rabbi Berkowitz always spoke about this. That's the beauty of a Jew. I remember Rabbi Berkowitz was once talking, gave a share, and he said, it was also a similar time in Eretz where they were arguing about this, that, and the other thing. And Rabbi Berkowitz said, I guarantee you, if you, if you take the most Haredi guy in the world, take the most liberal Zionistic guy from a kibbutz somewhere, he said, I guarantee you, if 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 an Arabic guy was running after that Hasidish guy, or vice versa, he's running after the kibbutznik, I guarantee you the other one will step in because he's your brother. And all the people in the, in the West in America, oh, please, sir. Thank you, ma'am. How are you feeling today? If they saw something happen, they would take out their phones and they would video it. 
they would stand back. They would just wait for it to be over. They would wait till they get the likes and the reposts and they would sell your video. They would sell you down the river for nothing. That's what it means to be a brother. Yeah, we could have argument. We could have disagreement. Sometimes it doesn't appear to be very pleasant, for sure. But I think that this is the test right here. And we all passed the test. Everybody put everything aside. Not that I know anything about Israeli politics, but everybody put everything aside. What are you talking about? Let's all get into the same tank. Let's all get into the same unit. Let's go fight. Let's go, let's go help communities. So you're right. But when, when we're tested, where do we end up? Like the most beautiful synergy spectrum of people. They machazik each other. They masamech each other. Like amazing. You see like some of these soldiers that were supposed to get married. Some of them who had babies, like they're heading off to the front line, right? There was a father who was naming his son on the phone, right? As he's, as he's going out to the front lines, he's naming his son by a bris that they're conducting because he had to be pulled to the front line. And everybody's dancing around him. They're so excited. Our brother had a baby. What it means to be a Jew. You're crying outside the circle and you're dancing inside the circle. There's this dichotomy. It is part of what it means to be a Jew. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are sending in questions that they feel guilty that they hear everybody feeling all of the pain and the emotion surrounding it, but they're just numb and they don't feel anything. Um, is there any advice? Yeah, I, I, I was talking about this with my wife before this class. I, I think that that's also a feeling. I really do. I think that that's also a feeling. They, the feeling of numbness is, is anesthesia. It's your body saying, I feel so much pain, I don't feel pain. Think about what anesthesia is. It's so much localized pain in a certain area that it just literally just numbs off those sensors. You just can't feel it anymore. You are feeling pain. That is what you're feeling. You're feeling a tremendous amount of pain. Like there's a difference between aninas and avelas. Aninas is right after somebody passes away, you're an aine. In that state, a person is putter from mitzvahs. Why? Because they're literally in a state of shock. In that moment, you, you, you can't put on fill in them. You're just in a state of shock. That's aninas. That's what these people are experiencing. Avelas is when we sit down and we're makabopanim and people come in and you talk to them. That's the state that other people are in. If you're in a, in a state of aninas or if you're in a state of avelas, I think both of you are grieving the same thing. You're just feeling differently, but you're both sharing in the same collective grief. It's not a reason to feel guilty just because somebody else is able to sit shiva. They're talking, they're able to converse, and they're able to talk about it, and you're not. doesn't mean that you, you're apathetic. It means that you're numb. You're still in aninas. There will be a point that you will feel it. It will hit you. And at that time, you'll be able to talk and express it. So I, I don't think that there's a negative here. I think that most people who are saying this, I think are just saying that. I think that Matsuyantiv, I was in that state, I would just say for myself. I felt like I was in that state. There's no, there's no words. There's no speech. There's no articulation of what you're feeling and what's going on. It's like you're writing this. Like, I don't even know what you're writing. You can't even process it. So I would, I, I would say to all those people who feel that, like, Ashrecha, we're all in this together. You're just in a different state of mourning than somebody else's. 
and soon some people will transition. They'll get into the shleishim, and so, soon some people will be in, you know, in in the year. That's where they'll be holding, and then some people will be in in past the year where it's like forgotten, where it's nishkach benalev. It will happen. It will happen. We move on. It will happen. For me, I feel like I'm in the avela stage, but everybody to each their own. But don't think that you're apathetic. Nobody's apathetic. You cannot have heard this story and been apathetic. The most liberal people in the world who hate our guts are crying. They're sobbing on camera. They're sobbing. There's no yid in the world that is experiencing this who who has no feeling. There's just it's not possible. I don't believe that at all. I think that they're in a state of shock. They're in a state of aninas. And that's fine. That's beautiful. That means that you're alive. You're just you're just numb because it's just so much for you, and that's okay. That that is okay. I don't think somebody should feel guilty about that. Want to say something? Same. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that when it is your brother, it hurts more, so you have to be numb to cope. Also, it's still happening. Like I'm t- in touch with people in Israel who know people who still yeah. are missing. Meaning, it's a coping mechanism because it's still happening. Yeah. Like Avelis is after the person dies. Right. Like it's sort of like a protectiveness to like protect yourself because you're like. I don't know. There's going to be more people. I don't know. Yeah. So like I speak to people, I don't know. I'm like, how are you numb? They're like, cause I don't know. Yeah. Like what's going to happen next. If I, if I freak out now, then it's like too, like, well, like how am I going to live? Right. So it's a fear of just protectiveness. I think that like, it's not that you're bad, that you're not feeling. I think it's like you're protecting yourself because you're just scared of what's going to come next. Right. Does that I hundred percent. I have a question that maybe, I don't know. Um, People have, like we're coming from, we're coming from, like you said, we're coming from obviously the t- highest point of the year. And you said some plus Torah and Kiraz yeah. Kim and Avinu Makinu. And I felt a lot of hope this year because I was thinking like, hey, we went through COVID. It's finally, yeah. you know, whatever. Like I'm saying people now are sick with COVID recently and it's like, oh, you have COVID. Oh, it's like saying you have the flu. Right. Um, And then like, it's almost like it's some plus Torah. And then the next day event, it was this, like, it was like, yeah. was this. It was like not like oh a week later or a month later. It was like directly right. At, it's like on Yantif. Right. It was like kind of like a continuation. Like right. How like how, I obviously don't know Hashem's ways and all of that, but like the people that do want to dive and do want to connect to Hashem and feel that connection, maybe that's where that person's anger was coming from. Like that, I don't know if they're talking about anger at the world or talking about uh, like that feeling of like wait, like I thought. Hashem Yasvini, you know, like right. we're connected, and right. that feeling is like that part is very jolting and to, hard to process. Still, right? That that makes me want to be numb. Like I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Right. So how do I, how do we go with that? I I don't know that I'm equipped to answer that. Meaning, because at the end of the day, it's true. You would imagine just to make your question even stronger, right? That Shmini Terrace is the day that Chazal say Hashem says, "Give me one more day. Take all the nations of the world. They gave me all their seventy cows over Yantif and." Push them away. Me and you. This is the culmination of the culmination. This is like the highest of the high. The ni'ilah of the ni'ilah, right? This is it. 40 days in Kippur and Sukkot. We're just dancing. It's just like me and you, Hashem. All these days. And then Chazal say that there's no mitzvahs here. At least in Eretz Yisrael, for sure, right? There's no sukkah. There's no lulav. There's no esrag. We put that all aside. We don't need any of that. It's just us and Hashem and one par. We're having an intimate dinner. Just us and Hashem. That's the day that it happens on. I don't know, but it's, it's there's a plan. 
there's a plan. The person you're having dinner with is the one who's making the plan. He's running the plan. It's good. He tells you, don't worry. Just watch. Stand back. Buy some popcorn. Watch this play out. It's going to be painful. Yes. I want you to get close to me because we're going to go through something together. That's what this is. You're not expected to process it. You can't process it. Your brain can't fathom this. This is not like a sci-fi film that we try to like think of all the scenarios and it, it's not. One day we're going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, it made perfect sense. Oh my gosh, this was alluded to in the Navi. Oh my gosh, the Gra told us this. Oh my gosh, we're going to laugh. We're going to laugh. We're going to be like, oh my gosh. Now we're not laughing. Now we're crying. But the question is a good question. Like I always say, like, let's put it on the board. Okay, put it on the board. Another thing we need, we need a resolution for. That's okay. We don't get angry at Hashem. We can't figure it out. Yeah, we're very, very limited in, in the scope. 100%. Yeah. I think I think our goal our our goal is is as much as we can to to process that it's a question that needs Hezber and that there's an answer somewhere out there in the world in the universe that we will one day be showed and that will be a beautiful moment for us where we're showed that and we're like wow but for right now it's a huge question I will say that anger you know certain. I think the anger that was being expressed, if I understood correctly, was like anger, not towards Hashem, like anger towards, anger towards, yeah, like anger towards the enemy, I'll call it. I hope that was the, 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 the you know, the point of the question. I, I will say that I don't think that anger towards Hashem, you know, I, I don't think that that's, that's the mahalach here. Not I don't think. Of course, the answer is there's no such thing for that. There's no such place for that. Yeah. I mean, like, shot, uh, like it hurt. I don't know, like, whoa, like, whoa, like, like, how, what are you doing? Like, that type of thing, like, yeah. you know, yeah. not like anger, like, I don't know, it's more like very hurt. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions that we will have to answer. I, like I said before, I don't think we should become political pundits on the political side of things and on the rookie side of things either. That's what I'm saying. I don't think a piece for us to become the political pundits of, of God. You know, where was the IDF and where was it? That's not our job. Why did you do it on this day? Why didn't you do it on a different day? Why did you do it in the morning? Why was it a Shabbos? And a... We'll find out. Part of our Amuna, part of our Amuna is, is recognizing that there's, there's a real plan out there. You know, it's funny. I'll just say, we, we, one of the last year we gave here was the idea of Preparing yourself for, for the things that you can't be prepared for. Expecting the unexpected, right? That's And and what does that mean? It means you work on your amuna and your bitachan in a real, real, real way. That when those things happen and you're like, whoa, I never would have seen this coming. One thing. I just want to be closer to you. That's it. It's all I want. Right? That's preparing for the unexpected. At the moment, it's much harder to get there. Yeah, and one more one more question? All right, yeah or no?
Oh, so many questions. What time is it? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that I feel guilty living my regular life and enjoying things. How do you balance? I, I, I'll say I totally understand that. I do. I totally understand that feeling. I think that that's part of being nice about all in Chavere. I think that the reality is we have to do both. Meaning, you, your everyday life is not bittel man and bittel everything. Your everyday life is also kedusha, providing for your family, getting an education, being there for your community, giving tzedakah. All those things are 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 dvarim shel, shel kedusha, just like dancing on some chasayra was, even though we knew that there were things going on. We 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 are not people that live outside of Ruchnias. We're not people that live outside of Hashem. We do our things and then we check in. We do our things and we check in. All one. It's all one. I remember I was giving a shir. There's a halacha. It doesn't apply so much today. But the halacha, it says that it's aser lahaflik bespina gimel yamim kredim Shabbos. You're not allowed to travel on a boat three days before Shabbos, right? Why? So there's five different reasons that are given in the Rishayim and Achrayim. It's five different reasons, right? And one of the things that it says over there, however, if you're leaving for a Devar Mitzvah, then it's Mutter. I remember I was giving a shear right after I got married. I was giving a shear. And I asked the guy, I said, what do you consider a Devar Mitzvah? What do you consider a Devar Rishos? And during the conversation, it came out. So much of what we do that we think is a Devar Rishos, it's a Devar Mitzvah. You're taking a drink of water. Why is there no Kedusha in there? Our whole lives are filled with Kedusha. Even if you're taking a break, you're going on vacation, in order to like get more strength within our everyday lives that we live closer to Hashem, that's all kedusha. A person shouldn't feel guilty living their life knowing that they're doing the right thing. They're doing the ratzon Hashem. Yes, there's a numbness. Yes, there's a, a cerebralness that we know that the things that we thought were super important, maybe we could take the edge off of that. Maybe we could be a little bit more like, okay, relax. It's not so not so serious. It's not worth the fight. It's okay. It's a few dollars more. That change, I think, is an important change. But we don't now all of a sudden just like run up to the mountains. You know what I mean? We don't just like freak out and just start panicking. We live our lives because our lives are Kedusha. We're all Banam Lamakim. Like, we, we, we're, what are we doing all day? We're standing on the corner playing dice. Like, what are we doing? We're big people. We're going to people. This is what we do. This is how we live. I don't think a person should be feeling guilty about living a life of Kedusha. You want to do more? By all means, do more. Sure. But to feel guilty about your everyday, I don't think that that's the way to go. Guilt is a totally different religion, not our religion. We get pushed to do bigger things and more things, and I think that that's an important thing that everybody should do. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.